When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come and knock on our door. We're waiting for you. <laughs> Welcome back to the Great Pop Culture Debate. This is part two of our episode dedicated to the best sitcom theme songs of all time. I'm your host, Eric Resniak, and I'm again joined by my panel of superstar judges. Please envision all of them slowly turning toward the camera and then smiling like a goon while their names magically appear underneath them. It's oh Alma God. Marfo, Dan Howell, and Kate Rapulia. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Can you see it? Can you envision it? I, I can. can. I can. I'm doing it right now. boy. <laughs> I hope by now that you've listened to part one of this episode in which the top 32 were cut down to the Sweet 16. If not, go back and check out that rerun. Then make sure that you download this episode's bracket in the polls and more section of greatpopculturedebate.com so you can follow along at home. All done with that homework, Zach Morris? Then I hope you hear a honking bass line because it's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights. It's time to meet the matches on the great pop culture debate tonight. So round two, out of the gate, we have a big matchup between Golden Girls and the Flintstones. This is the first time we're discussing the Golden Girls, and I'm going to hand it off to Kate. I feel incredibly honored to uh, have this charge (laughs) for this This theme song is, I mean, I, I, spoiler, I, well, this, this went very far for me. We'll say that in the brackets. Um, It is, it is a song that is catchy. It is a song that I am quite certain I sang a, an arrangement for in high school, in my high school show choir. I'm (laughs) confident that we did. I'm I'm confident confident we did with Eric, with the host. Um, That's outstanding. So sometime podcast listeners ask me how other stories I have about Eric and vocal ensemble. But (laughs) (laughs) anyway, anyway, it is just so it is a good song. Like it is lyrically. um, It is a sweet song. Um, It is about friendship, which like one of my soapboxes in life. And one of the things that I write a lot about and think a lot about and treasure very much in my life are the friendships that make my life rich. And this is a song about that. And it is a TV show about that. Um, And it is so such a part of popular culture and such a part of what the heart of the story of the Golden Girls is about. Um, it's just fantastic. It's, it's. I mean, Flintst- Flintstones, iconic, like, you know, cartoon, sitcom, like it is very, that is also a big part of popular culture. But the, the um, it's almost apples to apples, right? Like one is, what is the Flintstones, 60s? Like one is the 60s. 60s yeah. yeah. And one is sort of the like, of the 80s, right? And and I just, I prefer the Golden Girls as the TV show. I completely get that. And I will say, um, I'm supposed to be defending the Flintstones, but this is another one where I'm not going to put up too much of a fight because the Flintstones is great. It is iconic. It is all the things that, uh, like, I personally will do the yabba dabba do and the whistle thing when I'm getting the fuck out of work after a particularly stressful week, which is virtually every week anymore. Um, but it is. It just does not compare to the Golden Girls. Ama and Dan, do either one of you believe that the Flintstones should advance to round three? 
Anna? So it's tough because I know I definitely had the Golden Girls going pretty far, but I also recognize that as someone who has a very special place in her heart for animation, it is, I believe, the only animated theme song that we had. And it is like very much representative of the animated sitcom. So there's a part of my heart that definitely does want to push it forward for that. But end of the day, I think I'm on Team Golden Girls for this one. And we still do have The Simpsons in there, so it's not- Oh, that's true. That's true, we do. Right? It's like you forget The Simpsons because it's in another it's in another class entirely. One of those ones, like the Flintstones walked so The Simpsons can do the landmark thing they've done. Exactly. It's like God tier. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, how about you? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with The Golden Girls. You know, the theme was one of the first songs uh, I, I recorded as part of my I'm stuck at home pandemic music series. So I'm, I'm all in. All right. Well, I'm going to be Dorothy biting my fist at the table and we're just going to move it along. Uh, Golden girls advances to round three. Next up we have cheers versus Laverne and Shirley. Dan, you're going to take on cheers for me. Yeah. So uh, this, this is, this is a tough matchup. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to have a, a tough time with cheers because um, it, it, it is not what I advanced but um the theme to cheers um is again as we talked about in round one it's it's a great song it's it's a weird song it is very strange um but it's it's so good and one of those that's so instantly recognizable um and one that i gotta say spotify keeps trying to get me to add to playlists it comes up on my discover weekly playlist like at least once a month and i i I don't know why or what i'm doing to make this happen um (laughs) I guess they think I'm a big George Portnoy fan. I don't know. It's the only song I know by him. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those where, you know, again, I feel like it it, it ties so directly into the opening sequence. Um, you know, that whenever you hear the, th- the song, you know, you automatically start thinking about all of those old images yeah. they use of people out at taverns and bars um, seemingly having a, a wonderful time. Um, and which which is you know related but sort of the opposite of what the show actually is because it's not you know the the, the opening looks so high society um but they're just regular down to earth people that could be living next door to you um individuals that frequent this bar that has a very fancy restaurant upstairs apparently yeah i don't know it's it's one of those it's just it's 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 so good and so fascinating because it never actually mentions that you're at a bar or you're going to a bar. That's not what the song is about. Um, it, but it's it's totally relatable. Right. Instead, they decide to talk about your uh, husband wanting to become a woman. Yeah, which is interesting. It also sort of feels like uh, the, the inspiration a little bit for Alanis Morissette's ironic. <laughs> There's a lot of like, well, you expected this and then this happened. And then you expected this, but this happened. I, the, the, like the third or fourth time I listened to it this past week, I was like, is this the early version of Ironic? I would like to hear a mashup. There you go. <laughs> a mashup that needs to happen. So, Ama, talk to me about Laverne and Shirley. So, this was a tough one because they're such different shows and the theme songs mm-hmm. are doing very different things. Um, but I think when it comes down to 
like situation comedy and the type of song that goes along with that. I think the Laverne and Shirley theme kind of fits my expectations in that regard a little bit more. Um, And there's also a big part of me that just really wants to make sure that as many shows representing women as possible are in here. So the idea that Cheers did have women in it, but was primarily male cast versus being able to celebrate two women kind of making it on their own, especially for the time that it was supposed to be covering. I really like it as representative of that principle. So I'm fighting for Laverne and Shirley on those grounds. Sure. And I would say I wouldn't worry too much about that because historically on this podcast, the things that have women's voices tend to do very well. So, <laughs> that is very um, true. Fantastic. But you, you always want to do your part. And this is me. Absolutely. And I appreciate that fully. Um, I, I find myself drawn equally to both of these. So I'm, I'm a little bit uh, on the fence. Kate, do you have a strong feeling one way or the other? Oh, I am hard. Laverne and Shirley. Schlemiel. Hardcore Laverne. Schlemazel. Pasta and Pfeffer Incorporated. Pfeffer Incorporated. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like, it's such, again, you know, getting some of that happy days universe in in the in the mm. bracket and it's just it's a wonderful song um as you'll hear me talk about when we get to marry tyler moore i love i i love that it's about these like two friends women like making their way in the world and the point of view of the song too it is we right it is we are going to make it it is like this like we can do it together it's not like i don't want to spoil what i'm going to say for mary tyler moore but like that is the she is the object, right? She's being watched and talked about in the theme song versus Laverne and Shirley is saying, we are doing this ourselves. And I just think that's really part of what, part of its power. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Great point. It's a great argument. And that's exactly what just sent me over to Laverne and Shirley. So thank you for that. <gasps> I will yes. say this on You're behalf welcome. of Cheers. It is so instantly recognizable that just those five, six piano notes. Do, 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 do. Just that, and I know exactly where we're going. Yeah. I don't know how many other on this list have that power, but I love what you just said about the the kind of taking the power and the ownership and putting it in the actual women's hands. So congratulations, Kate. Uh, Dan, do you object to us moving Laverne and Shirley onto the next round? I do not. I love Laverne and Shirley. And, you know, any theme song that can give us uh, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey reenacting the opening to Laverne and Shirley in women's yeah. world. Uh, you can't go wrong. You can't beat it. That's true. You That's cannot true. beat it. Speaking of things that can't be beat, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, a number one seed, finally enters the competition opposite Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So, Ama, talk to me about why Fresh Prince deserves to advance. So going back to the point you just made about something that from the opening strains of it, you know exactly what you're getting into. And I can't think of another one that does that better than the Fresh Prince, especially for those who grew up with it as part of their weekly viewing routine. And it's less so in syndication now than some other shows but it is one that again everybody knows like what the Brady Bunch was for its time Fresh Prince to an extent now people that I grew up with if you hear the beginning you just go and you know it even the extended version because it has two versions and most people know both so I think it's one that has transcended its show in a way that few others that were as we're moving down few others have kind of done yeah agree and also like it's a great rhyme it tells you yep. everything you need to know about the show from like the f- second it starts. It's a really well done theme song. And it was at a time when like, correct me if I'm wrong, but were there any other real like hip hop sitcoms on the air? I feel like that was a game changer. Yeah, not really. Because even some of the other shows that had predominantly black cast, they didn't have rap in their theme songs. So it is something that is 
again, like wholly representative of who was in it and what it was about to do. Like if someone were to ask me to explain, hey, what's Fresh Prince about? The theme song will tell you exactly what you're getting into. Exactly. Yep. Let me tell you a story. Yeah. All right. So uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Kate, take me there. So I, I thought that um, the arguments that were made in round one for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt were great and, and helped sway me over to this one. Um, it is a perfect example of a 21st century aware um, of the history of sitcom themes, like like just goes hard sitcom theme, right? Like, and it it's so representative of what the show is about in terms of uh, being uh, kind of a like a, a mishmash of all these things and like lots of lots of things going on at one time, but essentially being about trauma <laughs> and specifically women and resilience. Um, and I think in a catchy sitcom theme to like get that, that's like a really complicated thing to put a. A catchy spin on that said like i'm voting for fresh prince like <laughs> there's no way that this it's such a again coming back to voice like it is the voice of will smith right like mm-hmm. telling you literally rapping telling you the story telling you about this character bringing you into this world and it's just so it iconic yeah we keep using it but in this case again it's really a relevant term it completely fits the picture um i agree i'm i'm on team french prince here as well the one thing i'll say about the arguments made for kimmy schmidt in round one was like it's so meta that it's almost amazing that it exists at all and i kudos exactly to jeff richmond you couldn't do a better job for a theme for that particular show, but I'm going to Fresh Prince. Dan, um, we have three quarters of the votes. Are you going to stay with, uh, or are you going to go with Fresh Prince? Uh, I, actually, I, I advanced Fresh Prince in my in my bracket over Kimmy okay. Schmidt. So yeah, yeah, it's tough, it's tough to take down the Prince. Literally, damn it. All right, so moving <laughs> on. It's Mary Tyler Moore show versus the greatest American hero. And Kate, you're going to discuss Mary Tyler Moore for me. Yes, I absolutely adore the Mary Tyler Moore show. I watched a lot of Nick at Night as a child, surprising absolutely no <laughs> Girl, same. <laughs> And I just like I was not like I loved the Dick Van Dyke show. I thought it was fun and I liked her on it. I hated their kid. He was a little. Oh, God, he was the worst. But, <laughs> but I love I love the workplace stuff on the Dick Van Dyke show. But like the Mary Tyler Moore show, I was not prepared to love it, to like actively take it into my soul and love it and love all of the characters and love Mary and Rhoda and like and Lou and Murray and Ted. Like they just I had such a connection to those characters as a young person. And I feel also like she is she is a single woman and she is making her way in the world. Right. Like a show that is explicitly about being an unmarried woman who is a professional and all of the like the challenges and the opportunities um, of that kind of life and within such a generous spirit. It's such a beautiful, it's a great show. I really love it. And a funny show. And I think that the, the spirit of it's like a, the theme song itself is very kind of, it's sort of like what I love about the Muppets is that it's like, kind of it's silly and all these things but it's like really genuine about big ticket stuff like love is all around right like it's just it's it's so it it can sound very cheesy and it's not ironic at all when she throws her hat in the air it is it is like a kind of release and and a very hopeful gesture so i feel like that and that is captured in the spirit of the song too that said though like i said versus laverne and shirley she is she is the object right someone is singing about her she is not singing about her life although the show is very much her voice mary tyler moore's voice about uh, mary oh my god what is her last name i forget what her name is on the show mary richards mary richards yes mary richards life um yeah and and you've got that cute little i was 
texting Eric beforehand. I was listening to the to the themes, and at the very end of the Mary Tyler Moore theme, her little MTM logo comes up, and the little kitten Mimsy, I think the kitten's name is, does the little like meow. <laughs> I did that, and my cat looked up at me and went meow. All right. It's a weird cosmic convergence. I'm going to stump hard for Mary Tyler Moore. And I support that. This is another one where I, I know that we were all very pro Greatest American Hero last round. It's an awesome song. But if we're talking about iconic sitcom theme song, I don't know how you advance it over Mary Tyler Moore. The one thing I will say against Mary Tyler Moore is if you listen to the actual extended version of the song, which is sung by it's the second <laughs> verse is real bad. Like it's I'm just like, oh, oh yep. OK. Yeah, any type it, takes of, like, it takes a turn. Any kind of like pro woman it like it's very like oh you're sexy baby you can get whatever you want and i'm like nope no (laughs) i am uncomfortable it's like you were getting off of the the highway you were on the on-ramp and then you like darted back onto the highway to misogynyville and that's a bummer i don't know what it's about like subsequent verses and tv theme songs but people are trying to work stuff out and like maybe you don't record that part i just don't understand yes. it right exactly <laughs> seriously. maybe seriously. that's for your therapist yeah leave it for dr fraser crane but in terms of like um this particular conversation if i'm comparing the two of them i, I i'm supposed to be supporting greatest american hero <laughs> I, um i feel like we've said what we can it's a song that is way better than the show that it actually is a tie to it is uplifting it's catchy it's uh, again a great karaoke song if you have not done it um, but I'm going to throw it to Ama. Which one are you going for here? I'm Mary Tyler Moore. And I think, again, to like, so one of the books that I read in the last couple of years that I really enjoyed, um, Jennifer Keishan Armstrong did a really good extended history of the making of the show. Um, so thinking about all of the information that came along with that. So it's Mary Tyler Moore moving out of the Dick Van Dyke show where she didn't have a whole lot of creative power and got a great deal more here. Uh, one of the first times there was a predominantly female writer's room for a show. So not just the song, but what the song really represents represents um i can't pick greatest american era over it even though it is a better song like this is where the emblematic piece of it kind of took over for me coats yeah i get that completely dan where are you uh i am team mary tyler moore all the way all right so it sounds like an advance did you just do the the cat meow yes god bless (laughs) (laughs) all right uh moving on we have friends versus the simpsons it's a 90s showdown i'm gonna speak on friends um because most of the other people on the panel don't really care for it. But I get it. I get it. It is um, a a lot to unpack with Friends, but here's what I'm going to say. If we are talking about sitcom theme songs, whatever your thoughts are on Friends as a series, you cannot deny the cultural importance of the Friends theme song. It what I'm trying to all right, for people listening to this podcast who were not really like people in the 1990s, right? <laughs> Did not exist. Did not exist. You were zygotes. You had no concept. Like Barney and, and Blues Clues. Was Blues Clues in the 90s? No, it was the there. Anyway, um, Friends was ubiquitous. It was everywhere. I, that sucker was pulling in 20 million viewers a week. It was huge. Everybody was talking about it. Everything they did was a like water cooler moment. Now, was that correct? I can't answer that for you. But what I can say is that stupid song by the Rembrandts <laughs> was brilliantly chosen for that show. It's got that great 90s alt rock group, although calling it alt rock, honestly, is not really entirely accurate because it's just like full on pop rock. Yeah. It's catchy. Everybody sang along to it. 
it is inescapable. And for that reason, whatever your thoughts are on Friends as a show, that theme song is one of the most recognizable, iconic theme songs of all time. And for that reason, I think it has to advance here. But I'm going to throw it to Dan for The Simpsons. Yeah. So, you know, again, you want to talk about theme songs with staying power uh the 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 simpsons is is a tough one to beat it's been on the air for over 30 years at this point which is insane but uh you know as as alma pointed out in round one you know it's got such a cinematic quality to it that you don't get in a tv theme song um especially an animated sitcom. I mean, it's gorgeous. You know, it's one of those where it's like, and Danny Elfman, you just wrote the theme to Batman, uh, which is a blockbuster. You want to write the theme song to a, uh, a, a an animated sitcom? That seems like it'd be up your alley. And again, you know, as we said, you know, he kind of did it as a throwaway because who's going to watch an animated sitcom in primetime? Um, and here we are 30 plus years later. And it's, it's just, it's so good. And it's, you know, it's one of those when I was listening to it this week, it's so representative of Elfman's music. I mean, you know, same same as Ama, film scores are my jam. I love them so much. And it, it brings so much to the table for a theme song um, where it doesn't really need lyrics. The only lyrics in it is literally the name of the show um, that's sung as one chord. But as soon as you hear that, chord hit right at the beginning you're like oh it's the simpsons everyone knows this and it's just it's you know it it, to me it feels like it harkens back to a lot of the kind of cinematic industrial themes that were heavily used in like the 50s and 60s uh background music that came up a lot during um as bed music during ren and stimpy's run but that kind of frenetic city life we're painting a scene and like it makes sense because it's yes it's the story of this nuclear family but it's really the story of this entire weird city that's got a lot of pieces to it. And, you know, they do a great job introducing the characters through it, um, but they can do it all without talking about it. Um, that it's all done through a cinematic score with gorgeous orchestrations and amazing musicians playing this song for an animated sitcom is just astounding. I mean, it's, it's beautiful and, um, you know, it kind of kind of transcends the time period, which The Simpsons also does. You know, it's been on the air for over 30 years, but everyone's the same age. Um, so it's, <laughs> you know, and it and it still works. It doesn't feel out of place for the show. All right. So those are all excellent points. Um, I'm going to ask Amma where you're coming down here. I'm sticking with The Simpsons here. And I think even as like, so I'm listening to you talk about it. And Eric, as you're talking about Friends, like I kind of hear the beginning of it, but then it trails off and I'm not really... Um, hearing the song much more, but as Dan's talking about The Simpsons, I hear the full theme just like running through as he's talking. So for me, it's stickier. Um, it's meatier. It's kind of got more to it. And again, it's had to span a far longer length of time than Friends has, and it feels timeless the whole way through. All right. Interesting. Uh, Kate, where are you coming down here? Uh, definitely Simpsons. And, you know, regardless of my personal feelings about Friends, which like I watched at the time, but like, I just, I, <laughs> I don't get the worship element. <laughs> this does not compute to me. Um, but, but as a piece of music that is 
innately a part of the power and appeal of the show and its place in the pop culture firmament. The Simpsons theme is like, you can't not, <laughs> can't not win. So it sounds like we're going to be advancing the Simpsons here. And I will say this right now. I suspect that the people listening to this at home are going to be like, what the fuck just happened? Oh, for sure. Come at me, bro. They are Come going to be me. like, for this sure. is insanity. How are you not advancing friends into at least the elite eight? And to those people, I agree with you. But <laughs> to my panel, I want to say none of you are going to budge on this, right? No. No. Oh, no. Absolutely okay. not. If Friends was up against something else, maybe. Because, you know, listen, yes, super, super catchy song. Very iconic. Uh, you know, one of, super recognizable. But up against The Simpsons, uh, that's, a, that's a tough matchup. All right. So we're going advi- to advance The Simpsons here. Next, we are moving on to The Jeffersons versus The Muppet Show, which is going to be, these were both unanimous in round one. So um, I'm going to go first on The Jeffersons. I love The Jeffersons theme song. I've loved it since I was a kid and the show was actually on TV. And it's just this happy, upbeat gospel. You can't listen to this theme song and not be bopping back and forth in your chair. We finally got a piece of the pie. Like it's just (laughs) joy and like recognition. And it's just to me, there's, it's like a lightning bolt. It's so good. And the show itself is so great. And um, I think to me, it is again, like the best example of that era of sitcom theme song really working and firing on all cylinders. That said, I understand I'm going to have a real hard time getting the people on this panel to go with that over the Muppet Show, which is, again, <laughs> like cross-culturally a huge monster. So take it on. I'm prepared to be the villain in this. And to an extent, I feel like a villain myself for doing it. Like, I am not overstating the issue to say that this particular decision, and it fell this way on my bracket, caused me physical pain like i it was really really hard thing to do like i think about all of my memories of the jeffersons like as a black woman growing up with black parents who did experience that type of upward mobility and this was a show that we watched as a family and i really 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 loved um but in addition to kind of some of the writing that i do about comedy i also perform comedy both sketch and stand up and when i think about some of the earliest things that kind of helped me understand what funny was what i liked seeing uh comedy in like an age-appropriate type of way, The Muppet Show was such a huge piece of that for me. So I think some of it is really deeply personal in a way that some of my other decisions haven't been. But The Muppet Show slightly took that edge because of kind of the lasting impact that The Muppet Show has had on me. And I am still someone that really loves The Muppets. The pop socket on my phone is Beaker and has been for several years. Yes! Um, so it, <laughs> it means a lot to me, both of them do, but... Ultimately, The Muppet Show just slightly won over my deepest apologies to Norman Lear, who I love so much. Um, Posthumous ones also to Sherman Helmsley, who was amazing. But this was one of the hardest decisions I made, and The Muppet Show took it. I I can't argue that because The Muppet Show is fucking genius. There was, again, debate, like, does The Muppet Show count as a sitcom or is it a variety show? And in my opinion, The Muppet Show is a sitcom about a variety show. Mm -hmm. That's the the situation, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it just happens to be puppets, but it's still a sitcom. Um, Dan, where are you coming down on this? Uh, I'm, I'm The Muppet Show all the way. And Kate, I don't even have to add this, but I know I am also the Muppet Show, but this is really hard. I mean, I think you're right. Like the Jefferson's theme is just a peerless, peerless theme. And it is joyful. It's like this church feeling. It's so great. But the Muppets personally, again, they are huge. They're 
part of my DNA. And I can't, like, I can't not give that the slight, yeah, slight like edge. It, it yep. hurts me to see the Jeffersons go out round two. Like, it actually hurts me because it's such a good song. <laughs> and, and I understand it. Like, I had to speak on it and I understand it. Like, it hurt and it hurts to do it again. But this is where we're going. <laughs> I know. We're going. We're, it's, ha- it's happening. It's happening. Okay. <laughs> so we're moving forward with The Muppet Show. Next, it's Gilligan's Island versus All in the Family. So, Kate, talk to me about Gilligan's, which, again, was another uh, number one seed and it was unanimous in round one. This is just like an iconic, like the whole story is in the catchy sea chanty that like tells you about a three hour tour. It's so campy. It's tour, the millionaire and his wife. She is only defined in relation to him. (laughs) Is she not also a millionaire? Anyway, um, I just remember as a very young child, for some reason, like a very young child, I had a tub toy that was the island. And I had a little plastic Gilligan and a little plastic plastic Marianne. I can't explain to you where it came from or why I had it. But that is how I knew the Gilligan's Island. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, And so wait, what is this up against? This is up against... in the family. <sighs> okay, uh, it is. It, this is like sitcom one point or sitcom theme one point out, right? Come out the gate, be catchy, give us a flavor of what we're about to to see, which is like real sort of like sticky, sketchy, like sitcom characters who don't really develop or grow. Um, but it's fun. And it's going to stick in your head. So I think it is sort of a perfect example of the form. I will probably not vote for it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, tub toy. (laughs) With that in mind, I'm going to throw it to Ama for the defense of all in the family. So before I begin, Kate, were you able to successfully rescue everybody from the island in less time than the Gilligan's Island cast did? I mean, I never took a bath that lasted three hours, so (laughs) I just threw them into the tub or out of the tub. They were fine. Exactly. So you wouldn't have had multiple seasons wherein they're still stuck. That was the only problem that I had. (laughs) At some point, being stuck feels like a choice, honestly, right? Like Like if the Harlem Globetrotters come and visit you and Mm, they are able to leave and you're still there, something is wrong. Yeah, like if Phyllis Miller comes and goes and you don't leave with her, you're choosing to stay on that island. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you've set up a commune. That's different than being trapped. <laughs> I think it's actually lost, and we just didn't realize it. Like that's the- <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right, I'm all in the family. Okay, so I feel a little bit heartened from the pain that my previous choice caused um, because this is an opportunity to speak on behalf of something really powerful that Norman Lear was doing, also the show that gave us the Jefferson, so I feel a little bit better um, getting to argue this. So if... Gilligan's Island is that kind of theme song 101, kind of the basic entry into it. I feel like All in the Family is kind of a 201 or 301 in that it's doing something a little bit more complicated. So like we talked about, kind of the lyrics of it, it's one of those things where it's kind of a Trojan horse, where if you know what the show's about, you're jumping in and you're saying, I get that some of these thoughts are going to be challenged. If you're not that person that agrees necessarily, you hear the theme song and say, okay, yeah, those were the days. And then you go in and see these really intricate, deep conversations, especially for the time they were being had, that can help start to sway you or show you why some of those things might need to be rethought. And I think that's a hugely valuable thing, again, for the time that it's representing. 
And it, again, gave us the opportunity to see a lot of other shows that would do that, like The Jeffersons, like Maude, like One Day at a Time, and the newer version of One Day at a Time that's doing something similar in the modern era. So I was sad not to see One Day at a Time's theme, theme I, here. Yeah, I was <laughs> too. So I, I think being able to kind of have All in the Family move ahead as representative of all of those types of shows that are doing that sort of thing, I have to stand up for it here. So, Dan, where are you coming down on this? You know, it's funny. I, I was just double-checking my bracket, and I had advanced Gilligan's Island. And I I don't know why I did that. I feel like I might have just clicked it wrong. <laughs> All in the family, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I have to say, um, so Gilligan's Island was a one seed, which really blew my mind. As a pop ditty, a shanty, as Kate correctly pointed out, it is well-constructed, <laughs> and it does its job very well. But a one seed? with all these other shows and songs on here, I, it, it's not for me, baby. So um, I think we've done a great job, both Ama and uh, Dan before her, on explaining why All in the Family's theme is such a clever concept and how well deployed it is. And so for that reason, yeah, I think it's got to be All in the Family. And Kate, it sounded like you were going that way. Oh, anyway. yeah. Yep, right. All in the Family. Yep. And Unanimous! Family, Unanimous! <laughs> and we have a family feud to roll, uh, close out the Elite Eight, excuse me, Sweet Sixteen, uh, between the Adams family and the Brady Bunch. So <laughs> I'm going to speak on the Adams family here. Of the two songs, um, I cannot deny that the Brady Bunch is the more iconic of the two of them. Everybody knows it. I think the Adams family is the better theme song. I think it's catchy. I think it, um, I mean, the Adams family is a weird property, right? Like you need to have a theme song that's going to prepare a 1950s America to get into this bizarre like monster family um and it does that really effectively and it carried over to the 90s films and the reboot that they just did that apparently is not very good like it's it there has a timelessness to it is it better than the brady bunch i don't know dan take it away yeah so so again this 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 is this is a very interesting matchup because they're both pretty weird properties you know and and, and the, as we've said the brady bunch is it's so recognizable and it's so catchy and again in you know it worked in the 90s when they did the movie um and they re-recorded the song and it was great but they also did like a grunge version of the song for the movie and it still kind of worked which was weird but yeah it's you know it's for for a theme song it's very on the nose on what it's doing. It's introducing you to the setup of this show. We are introducing the characters you need to know. Um, and it's done in like a quirky way. And the kids are singing it after, I can't remember when they started, when the kids recorded it, like season two or three, when they were like, hey, and the kids can sing. So it's, you know, it again, it kind of evolved over time. And, you know, it's it's still it still works. People reference it all the time. People spoof it all the time. And it's just, you know, it, it just feels like it's got such staying power for a song that's, you know, like 50 years old at this point. Yeah, I'm going to throw it to Ama. Which one are you coming down on here? Um... <laughs> <laughs> what if you just scrap them both and put the Jeffersons in? I wish I could do that. We can't do it. We can't do it. Why, why can't we do that? Aren't you like the king of this podcast? I am, but I can't. I cannot do that, unfortunately. I wish I could. Um, I, if pushed to make a decision here, I think I would go with Adam's Family over Brady Bunch. I think it's a more interesting choice. All right. Fair enough. Kate? 
Adams, it's a more interesting piece of it's I mean, they both perfectly represent the tones of them. One is like clever and creepy and one is inane. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the clever and creepy one. And one is altogether ooky. So for that reason, it gets my vote. So <laughs> there we go. We have an elite eight of Golden Girls versus Laverne and Shirley, Fresh Prince versus Mary Tyler Moore, Simpsons versus The Muppet Show and All in the Family versus Adam's Family. We are going to take a really quick break. We're going to come back and finish this sucker out. We are so close to naming the best sitcom theme song ever. I hope you'll join us in just a second. Welcome back. We are at the Elite Eight of the best sitcom theme song, and we're going to start with Golden Girls versus Laverne and Shirley. Ama, where do you come down on this one? This is tough. I think I'm going to come down on side of Golden Girls just because I think in terms of staying power of the shows, uh, Golden Girls has kind of edged it out a little bit more. Sadly, we don't talk as much about Laverne and Shirley as we used to, but... um, I think in terms of something that has some lasting power, Golden Girls wins out here. All right, Dan, where are you? I, I got to go with the Golden Girls. I, same same reasons Ama said. You know, it's, it's tough because they're both such good shows about you know, well-written, strong female characters. But I got I got to go with the girls. And Kate? I also have to go with the Golden Girls. Um, but this was very hard. Very mm-hmm. hard. <laughs> it, it was less hard for me. There's literally no way that I can vote against Dorothy Zbornak. So it's a unanimous <laughs> decision. Uh, moving on, we have Fresh Prince of Bel-Air versus the Mary Tyler Moore Show. I'm first going to go to Dan. Um, so again, this is a really tough matchup because I love both of these theme songs and what they do for their shows and for the periods that they took place in. Um, but as far as recognizable, lasting theme songs i gotta go with the fresh prince all right and i'm gonna go to kate Mm. this is this is a hard one this is a really Mm -hmm. really hard one yeah it's tough uh i think i have to come down on just like straight like mary tyler moore was one of the shows like like it's up there with the x-files in terms of what i watched when i was a teenager i have to give it all right even though the second verse is terrible terrible (laughs) i'm giving it to fresh prince here and i didn't do that in my original bracket but as i think about where we're moving towards and the types of things that I want to see represented. I think if you think about a TV theme song of the ones that we have remaining, Fresh Prince is probably the easiest to bring to mind. Everybody knows it. It's doing something really special um, for the form as well as for, um, for the characters in the show that it's representing. So I am flipping my original vote and going Fresh Prince. Yeah, and I have to say, looking at the two of them, they're both great. I will also give a shout out to the redo of the Mary Tyler Moore show theme used in Drop Dead Gorgeous by Joan Jett, which I think is great. Um, But that aside, I'm going with Fresh Prince here because in terms of theme songs that I think are super effective, the Mary Tyler Moore one is, but Fresh Prince really did something very different and unique. So for that reason, I'm putting it forward. But I will say right now, going up against Golden Girls next round, I can't, I'm not going to be able to stick to that argument. I'm just telling you right now. Um, Next, we have The Simpsons versus The Muppet Show. So I'm going to start with Kate here. I Muppets. All right, Dan. Um, yeah, again, this this is a killer matchup here. Um, for as as much as I spoke highly of The Simpsons in the last round, I gotta go with the Muppet Show because it is just so good, 
So good. And Ama. Yeah, I gotta go Muppets here. I've fought uh, vociferously for the Simpsons in prior rounds, but I think the Muppets take it here. Like they took Manhattan. I, they, they took the Manhattan exactly. Um, I was ready to get rid of the Simpsons two rounds ago, so I'm very excited to see the Muppets <laughs> And I have a suspicion this is going to be another unanimous. So, All in the Family versus Adam's Family. Um, I'm going to go first to you. All in the Family. Kate, Dan. All in the family. All in the family. Okay, it's unanimous too. That's weird. Although Ooh. sometimes happens where like after these really hard battles you get and it's just then it gets clear, 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 clear. Yeah, yeah, it's very strange. All right, so our final four. Golden Girls versus Fresh Prince of Bel-Air versus The Muppet Show versus All in the Family. Oh, Take a step God. back and oh, my we have God. several different decades here. Like there's not a clear, one of the things I always like, do we have recency bias, et cetera? And I actually think there's a nice spread here. I don't necessarily see, again, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, sometimes we tend to skew towards more gay women focused stories. And I think that it's kind of equally balanced here, which I really love. With that said, it's <laughs> Golden Girls versus Fresh Prince. I'm going to go to Dan first. I, I it's got to be the Golden Girls for me. I, I think yeah, I agree. It's, I'm on that. Yeah. And here as a gay man, I can't not vote for the Golden Girls. And I'm not just <laughs> saying that because of the cultural expectation. I'm saying it because it is it's a great sitcom theme song. I love the mm-hmm. message of it. Mm-hmm. It's very sweet. It is timeless, even though it is very much of its time. Does that make sense? Like, yes. Oh, it yeah, is for sure. Undeniably 1980s, but it is also a song that's going to continue to be relevant no matter what. And for those reasons, I'm putting it forward. Kate. I'm struggling. I think I have to go Golden Girl. Thelma. So podcasting being an audio medium, no one can see my posture right now, but I am distraught. <laughs> this is... <laughs> um... <sighs> I'm giving it to the Golden Girls with the understanding that Fresh Prince does still hold a very special place in this entire conversation for Absolutely. what it did for the form that it represents, for what it did for TV overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm giving the slight edge to the Golden Girls, and it is uncomfortable, but it has to be done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I like all four of these final four are excellent. Exceptional. I, there's not a weak Exceptional. one in, in the yeah. bunch. So that's yeah. for... At- I think any one of them could have won, but I, I I think that Golden Girls is the right choice here, person. I will hear uh, arguments to the contrary on our website. <laughs> Lastly, we have The Muppet Show versus All in the Family. I'm going to throw it to Kate first. Oh, Muppets. Sorry. Muppets. <laughs> Muppets. Muppets are just, again, like you said, Ama, like as a young person, this was one of the first places I had access to slapstick, to, to just like comedy and and a and a group right a group of characters um it's just and the muppet movie like i can't get through the first like two minutes of the muppet movie at this point without sobbing like i just can't do it i can't do it it's such a it's such a beautiful example of how to be endlessly silly smart stupid and generous and i can't I can't not. And and the song, like just talking about the song. Sorry, I probably should be saving this for the final matchup. But, <laughs> but the song is all of those things, right? It sort of like takes, it pays homage to the vaudeville tradition that it is gently, lovingly spoofing while also being this sort of like comedic, colorful, frenetic thing that is just it is the spirit of Muppets. Well anyway, said. I'm, I'm on the uh, Muppet. I'm on Muppet uh, train. Okay, Ama. I did not expect to get emotional discussing this. Part. I know, right? I really didn't. Um, but 
to have like a speech that I think if we were in sitcom type things, they would gently score with like some emotional music where someone's like making a point. Um, I think both of these shows are really, really important and relevant for the moment that we're in now in the sense that they're asking people to think about the people around them, um, ultimately kind of bringing about and embodying values that we kind of need in a type of society where everything feels very polarized and very contentious. Both of these shows kind of do something really special and kind of saying there's more, more alike than we are different. And we can talk about those things and you can do it with empathy. You can do it with kindness. And in the case of both of them, they find ways to do that and make it funny. And I think that's a hugely valuable thing. Um, I'm giving the edge to the Muppet show here. Um, again, it's one of those ones that like, I remember as a family, we went to go see the Muppets, like the newer one with Jason Siegel and Amy Adams a couple of years ago on Thanksgiving night with a couple other neighborhoods or families in our neighborhood. And the youngest of us, I think was like 12 or 13. And as we're watching the first time they do the number with like all of them doing the theme song, all of the adults are crying. This 12 year old is like, what is going on? Uh, <laughs> I'm like crying with you just describing it. Like, it's- yeah, like even like every time I hear it and then like a couple years ago in LA the Scribble Museum did this really comprehensive um, exhibit with all of the puppets from like Sesame Street the Muppets and all of those things and I cried through most of it um, there's too much tied up in there as far as like who I am and who that show made me to not put it forward here so big speech Muppets win <laughs> so Dan I'm gonna Dan, I'm going to come to you in a second, but I do want to point out, uh, Amma was talking about that exhibit. You know that that exhibit now lives at the Museum of the Moving Picture in Queens, right? I did know that it moved there. I haven't seen it since it went, but I would happily go back and cry through all the same parts because that's just <laughs> what I am It's amazing. Um, and it, it, I believe it's permanently there now. And oh. if you are in Queens, uh, it's not far from where I live, but it is a spectacular exhibition and it really is. It's very moving. It traces Henson's entire career and includes everything Sesame Street Muppets to Labyrinth to Dark Crystal. It's incredible. And I, I know it's off topic, but I just wanted to share that. Um, Dan, I want to go to there. You, should. <laughs> you really do. And in fact, actually, the day that I went as we were leaving, Ben Schwartz from Parts and Recreation was going in and I was, I was with my boyfriend and I was like at the time and I was like, we have to go. I will cause such a scene if we do not leave right now. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably. Absolutely. Uh, Dan. Um, yeah, again, great matchup here. Um, both such amazing songs, but the Muppet Show, man, is just uh, it means so much. It's it's I gotta move it forward. I will be the contrarian here. Um, and I'm fine with that. We're gonna move forward the Muppet Show, but I do think in terms of sitcom theme songs and their iconic nature. I love the Muppet show as a song. I love it as a, as a show. I have vivid memories of watching it with John Denver when I was a little kid, uh, you know, in the living room on our tiny wooden chair, wearing nothing but tidy whities as my father clipped my toenails, weird memories. Um, <laughs> uh, that took a turn. I did not expect it to like turn. The Mary Tyler Moore. That took a turn. Yeah, sure did. Um, but like it, it is an extremely important show to me. And sidebar, there is a new Muppet show launching on Disney Plus any day now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm yeah, so it's excited. Great. But in terms of if we're looking at the pantheon of sitcom themes, I think All in the Family is more legendary and iconic. It is not as a song, not great. Like it is shrill and gruff, and you, 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 
almost, uh, frankly, unpleasant to listen to. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> as I think we've talked about several times, I love how um, subversive this is because, you know, I was listening to it just today and they're sitting there, there wasn't a welfare state. And I'm thinking to myself, yes, there was white people but it was white people who were on it during the Great Depression and, quote, the good old days. And the fact that the, they're completely unaware of the bullshit that they're saying, that they've been taught to say, to me, in 2020, there could not be a more fucking relevant theme song moment than white people have no idea what they're talking about but seem to think they're experts on everything. Which, sidebar, I understand the irony of me saying that running this pop culture podcast. <laughs> 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 in which I like say that I'm an expert on shit and I'm just talking out of my ass. But um, for that reason, I have to put all in the family over the Muppets, but I do not have a problem with the Muppets making the final two over it. So that leaves us with an F2 of the Golden Girls versus the Muppet show. And this is going to be a bloodbath. I... So I'm first going to turn to Kate. Why? <laughs> because i mean (sighs) all right okay so this is causing me pain um i am going to give it to the golden girls with the caveat why did i pronounce it that way with the caveat (laughs) caveat um that i like the Golden Girls theme song as as a representative sitcom theme over the theme of the Muppet Show. I'm I'm go I'm like going in a weird. I don't even cut this out later. <laughs> no, I sense. get it, like, right? But, because, I, but like I can't. The Muppets as as like a as a creative force, right? Like that that is what meant the most to me, not the song. And I almost feel in some ways the property. Yeah. And I almost feel like in some ways the song of the Golden Girls and I love the Golden Girls, but the song of the Golden Girls almost means more to me than the show. Does that make sense? Mm. It does. I mean, I I won't agree with that, but I hear what you're saying. Um, Okay, Amma, where are you? So those who had access to the bracket as it was being filled out would notice that I managed to get down to this in my final two and then walked away from the spreadsheet for four days. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I realized what was happening as I was doing it, and then I got to these two and closed my laptop and walked away. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's such a difficult thing. And again, the shows in a lot of ways are doing very different things. Yeah. Um, the bracket that I ended up filling out had the Muppet Show was the winner, but I will give it in terms of thinking about sitcom themes as an entity, not representative of a larger property. I can give it to the Golden Girls here, but my bracket, which was the one that represents my heart, had the Muppets winning here. But for the purposes of this conversation, um, I'm going to give it to the Golden Girls. Ooh. As a theme, I think it does what it needs to do. Yeah. Was there ever any kind of crossover? Was B. Arthur on the Muppet Show? Can we find some kind of compromise? I have to believe that Betty White was at some point. Yes. I have have to believe. I have. Listen, B. Arthur did the fucking Star Wars holiday special. Oh, you're right. B. Arthur did not say no to things. I'm pretty sure she was on the Muppet Show. I have to assume that she was on. And anyway, <laughs> amazing. It's, it, it does me. hurt. Uh, Dan, where are you? Um, so I, 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 I feel like I could say this a thousand times. Um, this is a difficult matchup. Um, so uh, what's? Yeah, this is this is a tough one. Um, again, 
both amazing theme songs to shows. Both shows that I hold so dearly in my heart. I literally yesterday I was on um, a, a, a panel discussion um, on our local um, uh, public broadcasting station discussing uh, Hulu taking down an episode of The Golden Girls because uh, Blanche and Rose were wearing mud masks meeting um, Dorothy's son, Michael, and his fiance, who was black, and they didn't want it to be perceived as blackface. So we had a whole discussion about representation and uh, how far do we go in censoring things and did that even need to be censored? So it, like, it's still so relevant and still so so discussable. You know, and as a kid watching The Golden Girls, I loved watching The Golden Girls. It was a show I watched with my grandmother and when the, she had passed before the show ended, so during the finale, <laughs> poor little gay me at like eight was a disaster. Oh. <laughs> And but the Muppet Show was one of those where again, it, like it introduced me to the style of comedy that I love and I still love, and the way guests would throw themselves into this weird world of puppets and strange sets and bizarre scenarios um, where they're like they're playing themselves but not really. So it's this strange sitcom that is a sketch show of. And it's crazy. And and I feel both songs really do a good job of representing what the show is. Um, the Golden Girls, you know, yep, you're getting this amazing story about these women who meet late in their lives and become friends and navigate life together, ups and downs. And the Muppets, <laughs> what a weird two shows to compare to each other. Um, yeah. You know, it's this band of entertainers who have this arduous task of putting on a show every week and you know that theme song sets up you know the kind of the vaudeville aspects of it the sketch comedy aspects of it um and that hey you know what we're having a blast doing this like what we do is fun and we love it and things are gonna go crazy and it's they're just putting it all out there and you know and it, it feels like such a love letter from Jim Henson about his vision for the Muppets and for what entertaining with puppets can be and what it could be because we hadn't seen this before. Um, you know, the Muppet show really, they were, it wasn't just humans on stage. It was this bizarre world with puppets that interacted, but puppets that were different than puppets we had seen before. But yeah, you know, it just, it just feels like it's such a, such a love letter to the audience and to entertainment from Henson. Um, but if you had to pick, if you had to pick <laughs> Muppet show, what you do, you're giving it to the Muppet. The Muppet show. Yeah. It's a tough, tough call because God, the Golden Girls theme is so good. And listening to you talk, Dan, I'm noticing they're both stories about found families, right? Like that's literally yeah. what I was oh, that's true. Great point. That's literally what I was about to say is that uh, uh, as a gay man whose relationship with his own biological family is strained, usually, um, these are both shows. Ultimately, this is very highfalutin, and you can be like Eric, shut the fuck up. But it's true; they're both <laughs> shows that are about your friends creating a family for you and yeah. it is 100% true it, for that reason though to me if we're looking at the songs not the properties and ultimately this is about the song not the property I give it to the Golden Girls theme song because it is not only a catchy theme song that does a great job introducing the show it also has tremendous heart and the Muppet theme show is upbeat and great and sets the stage and it's awesome don't get me wrong but the Golden Girls theme song really is about 
people coming around you and taking care of you in your life when you need to be taken care of, but you also doing that for other people. And again, that sounds really highfalutin for a sitcom about four old ladies, you know, verbally sparring and eating cheesecake (laughs) at night and talking about how one of them is a gigantic whore. But like, number one, that is my future life goal. Number two, um, it is very relevant, I think, to our world. There are a lot of people who need that sense of connection. And the Golden Girls theme song, as corny as it sounds, really is about that. For me, this is a no-brainer, and I have to give it to the Golden Girls. So, Dan, are you sticking with Muppet Show? I'm going to stick with Muppet Show, but I also fully recognize that Golden Girls is an amazing choice. Isn't there, like, in the bridge and the lyrics, isn't there something about, like, when I die, like, yeah, like, I'll hear you calling to me? Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, and the Andrew Gold version, yeah. It gets a little but weird. Like, There's yeah, it's a very strange bridge. That's very, very feels, very feels. yeah. It's ethereal. It's a totally different feel from the rest of the song. And then he's like, anyway, and and that theme, that songwriter, by the way, it, Gold is his last name. What's his yeah. first name? Andrew. He, Andrew Gold. Like he wrote a bunch of really kick-ass songs in the seventies and eighties. Oh god. Like, yeah, kick-ass songs, but all of them have this weird moment. Like literally, every Andrew Gold song has a weird moment. Like "Lonely Boy," this he is so oh my Lonely God, Boy. It's so weird. Yeah, saying "Lonely Boy," it is a great song, but the actual message of that song is really fucked up. That's a whole different <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that. that is a weird song. It is a weird fucking song. It's in a great song, but it's weird. Anyway, all that to say, um. I'm sticking with Golden Girls. Kate and Am, are you sticking with Golden Girls? Yes, but Dan, know that my heart is with you. <laughs> same. Same. Absolute same. All right. Well, then there you have it. We have a Woo! winner for the best sitcom theme song ever. It is the Golden Girls, which incidentally did get the most votes in our uh, initial poll with uh, more than half of the people who took it voting for it. Um, so it's not overly surprising, but I still find it wholly satisfying. To my panelists, I want to say thank you for being here and thank you for being a friend. Everyone listening. I could not do it. Sorry. Low hanging fruit. And that's what they call me in high school, oh. low-hanging fruit. But <laughs> I never heard that, and I was there. <laughs> <laughs> to everyone listening, thank you so much for taking the time. If you enjoyed this episode, please head to our website to check out the other episodes we've recorded and the polls that are open for your votes. You can subscribe to us on the podcast platform of your choice. Leave a review or a, la- or a rating. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or consider supporting us on Patreon. Now, cue up that shorter, less satisfying version of our theme song and roll the end credits right up here. Good night, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.